Hi, and thanks for taking the time during this world crisis to still include this program in your daily life. Now, we usually jump right into episodes, but I just wanted to take a moment to say that your time is greatly appreciated. And if you or a loved one are trying to figure out some ways to find your way back to good health, just know that you're always in my heart. My hope is that this brings you joy, entertainment, and a much-needed escape during your forced solitude. Thank you again, and enjoy the show. Have you ever stopped and wondered, who asked for this? Now, it's a serious question, just think about it. Two people got together, decided, or maybe not decided, but they had a baby, which ended up being you. They took care of you for the better part of about 18 years, and then boom, you're out on the streets. You're in the world, wandering around, trying your damnedest to figure things out, but Who the hell asked for any of this? But again, once you're of age, in most places that's 18, you're on your own. It's amazing how different we can think about how to navigate life, once you're of age, of course. Some people plan while others simply take it one day at a time. Some believe that they have free will while others feel like some omniscient being is guiding their every move, every step. Some believe there's a reason for all things, while others feel like there's no real connection between anything. The younger we are, the more we allow ourselves to think about things like this. But with so much stuff to think about, I've noticed that the older people get the less we tend to focus on things that we feel like we can't get any real answer to. And we settle for accepting what someone or some group tells us. Because they must know, right? I mean, some of these groups have been around for thousands of years. They must know something. They must be right about all of this. Right? Now, the number we brand ourselves with every calendar year It does something to us, something awful. It makes us should all over ourselves. I should go to school because what else am I gonna do? I should get a job, any job, to make money. I should get married before I get too old and people start thinking things about me. I should stay at that job even though I hate it. I should do something to make money even if it doesn't serve my highest self. Should, should, should. Next thing you know, you're full of should. We're not human doings. We're human beings. And the constant shoulding is causing us to be consumed with what we're doing and not putting enough attention on who we're being. So, you want to know what I told myself? The next time you're sitting around wondering, who asked for this? Guess what? It was you. You asked for it. I know, crazy, right? 
I'm just now realizing this too. But everything that you are, everything that you have, where you're sitting or standing right now, you asked for it in one way or another. See, instead of being, like many of us, you probably built your life doing and shooting yourself to death. You make choices based on what you feel like you should do. Every choice becomes a battle of should I, shouldn't I? And the answer? Oh, instead of coming from within, it usually comes from outside of us. And this is unfortunate. The reason why we feel confused and feel as if we don't know is because we keep listening to people, perhaps well-intentioned people, who believe that they are right, who proselytize using doctrine that they themselves don't even really fully understand. We continue to fail to embrace who and what we really are and the power we really have and the connection we've been given that's just always right there, ready and willing to reveal every answer to every question we could ever have. When we're young, we're not afraid to ask the hard questions of life. When we're young, we're not afraid of living. We're not afraid. It's when we get of age that we start believing that we better fall in line with someone's belief because if we don't, who knows what's going to happen to us when our time here on Earth is done. So you pick a system and you start doing what you should, or what they tell you you should, do as an of-age person in this life. I don't know about you, but I try my hardest to remain as open and as curious and as compassionate and as willing to listen as I was before I came of so-called age, before I was supposed to have my shit together, before it was expected that I should know and be something that I am not. Because I believe that the worst thing you can do in this life is stop questioning and settle on the belief that you know, even if what you think you know is your belief. You have the power and the permission to be, no matter your age, and never let anyone or any system or any group try to convince you to focus on doing otherwise. So the next time you say to yourself or wonder, who asked for this? Who asked for any of this? You know what the answer is now. Me. I'm Kayana Ebony Brown, and this is a story of music and men. Public place or not, as the night went on, Jay had forgotten about her seemingly unspoken rule of not having sex in public 
or at least not doing it at a college party. At least not while not being in college herself. Come on, who are we kidding? This wasn't really a rule. It was just a thing that she, for some reason or another, had decided she wasn't going to do. At least not that night. Until, of course, she was doing it. She lay back, eyes closed, sliding her hand back and forth over Mason's hair as he did to her what he had now become famous for doing, making her forget her first, middle, and last name. She kind of wanted to know what that knocking sound was, but then again, she kind of didn't even care. That bass drum in that song is really beat. Wait, that's not the music. That's something else, she thought. She couldn't process the commotion or come up with another description for the sounds she was hearing, but what caused her to finally open her eyes was when she realized Mason was pulling away before finishing what he had started. That wasn't like him. What are you doing? She started, but when she noticed the two police officers entering the house, she was instantly both completely sober and doing absolutely nothing she had no business doing. She quickly straightened her clothes and sat up straight on the sofa as Mason slid next to her, also trying not to look drunk or high or worse, both, and worse, failing on both accounts. The music suddenly stopped as the cops, two of them, a lady and a guy, slowly strolled through, taking mental inventory of everything and everyone that they were seeing. IDs, everybody take out your IDs. Anybody who is under the age of 21 or who does not have an ID is coming with us tonight. Jay and Mason looked at each other. And almost as if to say, sorry to have to do this, she slowly reached over and slid her little purse closer. The female officer, a rather short blonde who looked like she did MMA full-time and the cop thing on the side, stood right in front of Jay, looking down at her while chewing a wad of gum. IDs, she said quietly. As Jay began searching her purse for her license to give to the officer, Mason weighed his three options. He could show his ID and end up at the precinct for the night, or he could pretend not to have it and still end up at the precinct for the night. Or, option number three, run. He leaped up from his seat and was out the door before either of the officers could stop what they were doing to chase him. And to make it even worse, two other guys followed him. Neither officer even flinched as if to even think about running after them. The officer looked back down at Jay, who was now holding her license in her hand. She took it and quickly examined it. She looked down at Jay then back at the license again before saying, my guys downstairs, they're gonna take your boyfriend to the fifth precinct. If I were you, she said, pointing the license back at Jay, I would find somewhere else to party tonight, ma'am. 
<laughs> she added with a little smirk. Jay nodded, avoiding eye contact, as she humbly accepted the card back, quickly fumbling to get it back into her purse. All right, party's over. Jay wasn't high at all, and what she'd been drinking wasn't strong enough to get her that drunk. She was, however, embarrassed, because as she got up to leave, she didn't have to look around to know that she'd be among the minority when it came to people who'd actually walk out of there freely that night, simply because she was of age. Gideon and I said our goodbyes and headed in separate directions. And for the record, his exact age? Oh, he was a proud 49 until June of next year. But I couldn't go home because I had promised Lucas I'd be back. I managed to make it to a store before closing time to pick up a few things to aid in his recovery. And this time... I bypassed it knocking and just used my key to come right in. Ah, man, what took you so long? Again, hello to you too, I said. I was hell-bent on breaking his habit of not formally greeting me. I sat the grocery bag of stuff down on a table and took off my coat. Oh, wow. Nice outfit. Why are you trying to look all nice and stuff? Like, like a girl. (laughs) I handed him the cup of tea and said, here, drink this. And thanks, I said to his unexpected compliment. He sat up on the bed to drink his tea. Then after a few sips, he said with a devilish smirk lingering on his face, I'll bet you saw a boy tonight, didn't you? (laughs) And as I sat on the milk crate, I tried to look preoccupied with setting up his laptop to handle business. I was in no mood to start discussing my personal life with Lucas. You did. (laughs) I can tell. Who is he? Is it someone I know? (laughs) Again, I just shook my head and focused on the screen. His insistence caused me to want to laugh, but I held back that as well. Tell me, can you tell me? It wasn't a boy. It was a man. (laughs) I revealed. Oh, okay. (laughs) A man, huh? He said teasingly. Well, are you going to see men more often? (laughs) I made him wait for my response. And then, to amuse him, I said, I don't know, probably can't. I have to take care of you. And, of course, he replied, Well, I think that's that's good. At least you know where your priorities lie. He could see that I was pulling up the ASCAP website, so in an effort to distract me or distract himself, he said, mm, mm, What is this? Referring to what was in the cup. It's tea, I told him. Oh, okay. Is, uh, is this what you drink? Is it why you never get sick? I reached over and picked up the same fast food bag from earlier and tossed it at him again. I don't eat this, so I think that helps. 
hey, I promise I'm going to do that performance stuff tomorrow. We're going to do it now, even if I have to read it to you myself. He began strumming a melancholy tune on the guitar. Oh, yeah, I meant to tell you, I finished that song I was writing, too, he said. I might change the bridge, but uh, the hook is the hook is tight, and the verses are there. They're dope. But um, I guess you'll be a judge of that, right? I simply smiled, but I was glad that the kid was starting to understand the order of things. At 1.34 a.m., young Lucas was too sick to run hide, avoid me, or find a way to put off sitting down and completing this process that would later be very beneficial to the financial part of his career. (sighs) I looked around at the mess still all over the place, and I desperately wanted to clean it up simply because it should have been clean. This was an adult's room after all. I even started by picking up that fast food bag I had thrown at him and putting it into the trash. But I couldn't do it. Despite how he acted most of the time, Lucas was a grown man. And despite how I treated him most of the time, I knew I needed to start insisting that he become one. Making him go through this ASCAP process was a start. But as he slept now, and I stood there preparing to trek back to Capitol Hill from Columbia Heights at this godforsaken hour in the morning, I had learned a valuable lesson. Although I felt like I needed to take care of Lucas, I wouldn't be able to do that for the rest of his life. The tea and the soup and the other medicinal gifts I brought to him that night were fine, but there was a line that needed to be drawn. So... I drew the line right then. I'm not a mother, and I'm not a guardian. I am the head of a label, so it was about time I started accepting that despite our loving relationship, I was in his life for business reasons. That's it. So I looked at the mess around me, and then at the boy fast asleep in his bed on the floor, and I left. By the next day, Lucas was feeling a whole lot better. But unfortunately, however, the same couldn't be said for Jay. Oh my God, I feel like shit. She exclaimed with exasperation as she gingerly slid into the booth beside Ty. We were at a little coffee shop we'd come to near my house a few times. Ty liked the Ethiopian brew there. And she and I had already been there for almost an hour that afternoon when Jay came in walking funnily and stepping softly as she made her way over to our table, a window booth. She didn't look like her normal camera-ready self either, which was probably why she was hiding behind sunshades on this rather bleak, overcast day. She covered her face with her hands and then picked up Ty's coffee and began drinking it. Um... What happened? I asked. Did, um, 
things go south. <laughs> Again, Ty got my bad Civil War pun and simply smiled. It just, uh, that in all that energy he has, it's because it's he's, he's a fucking drug addict, okay? So, yeah, no, I can't deal with him anymore. His head game is epic as a motherfucker. But she stopped as soon as she noticed the waitress as she topped off the mugs on the table. Uh, can we get another cup of uh, coffee over here, please? Thank you. Ty said, no longer interested in the one Jay had stolen from her. She nodded to Ty, but then gave Jay a judgmental glance before walking away. I'm telling you, the sex is fucking ridiculous. But I'm getting too old for this shit. Can't be popping fucking pills and smoking all kinds of shit all the time. Shit, I'm an adult. <laughs> Damn it, I pay taxes. <laughs> I laugh because this was a prototypical Jay comment in which we would all normally find humor at her expense, but I noticed that Ty was distant. Now, later on, I found out that the reason why she was remaining quiet without an ounce of judgment toward Jay was because last week, on a day when her hormones conflicted with her worst hair day of the month, and she was forced to go to work instead of staying at home in bed, she'd gotten a bit of a surprise of her own. Um, Dr. Aldrich? Uh... I can no longer use my father as my intermediary. The cards? Those were from me. Ty's mouth fell open as she sat adjacent to her three o'clock, a seven-year-old boy named Teddy who had begun seeing her a few months ago after the loss of his mother the year before. She quickly realized that she was probably revealing her shock, so she straightened up in her chair to allow him to continue comfortably. I think you're pretty, and you're really, really nice to me. And you listen to me without making me feel bad, so I I think that makes you even more prettier. Oh my God, thank you, Teddy. But he wasn't done. Dr. Aldrich, I'm going to marry you when I grow up. If... Of course, you'll have me. She couldn't help but blush. She would never forget the feeling she felt when that seven-year-old boy, albeit, in her words, a mature seven, professed his love to her. In fact, she immediately thought of Jay and made a personal vow to never again harass her about the ages of the men she dated, or the boys. This episode of Of Music and Men was written and produced by me, Kayana, with express permission and the help of some of the most incredible indie artists in the world. And I really do mean that. 
So for this episode, we started off with music by Ixon from Sweden. Now that song is called Reveal. You can visit Ixon online at iksonmusic.com. It's also on Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course on iTunes everywhere. Very, very great artist. So I want to give a shout out to them for letting me use this music for this episode. It perfectly started off the episode. Niall is a, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I still don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right. But this artist is a really awesome producer as well. Zarmania is the name of the track. We had Inossi, Wasted Years. And then one of our favorites, Legang, came back with Relax, Man. It's the name of the track. This is Legang at This Is Legang, L-E Gang, everywhere. Soy B Music gave us Sunflower, kind of finished off the, the scene or the chapter with Sunflower. Dope song, of course. And then we had, or will have, Scott Buckley later with Childhood, a very appropriate track for what we've been talking about these last few episodes of the podcast. And you will probably want to download that for your own listening pleasure. Now, of course, for more information on these artists and how you can support their efforts, of course, visit those show notes in your podcast app or go to ofmusicandmen.com slash archives and select this episode. If you would like to have your music featured, let's say you're an artist, a producer or someone like that, and you're like, you know what, how can I get my music in that podcast? How can I get it to shape one of those scenes like all those other, like the gang? like Mona Wanderlick. How can I do that? So we have a form on our website. Just go to the website at ofmusicandmen.com. There's an easy form that you can fill out. And it just has some more information on how you can submit your music. It's really, really easy too. Of Music and Men is much more than just this podcast though. If you don't know already, the novella series is available in online bookstores. At least the pilot is. Now check our website out because we have the uh, novella series, how you can read these episodes as little booklets if you wish to have yourself a physical copy you can always get it at our website of musicandmen.com where you can also get t-shirts we got t-shirts so go to the website and check that out and don't forget to subscribe at apple stitcher or wherever it is you prefer to listen to your podcast and remember to rate and review that is like super important because i'd love to hear what you think so rate and review Lastly, connect with us on Patreon where you can become part of this project and its journey and help it to grow to everything that it was, of course, meant to be. And make sure to share this some way, somehow, with at least one of your friends. Now, nobody's stopping you from sharing it with the world, but if you got one friend, just share it with them. And follow Of Music and Men everywhere online at Of Music and Men. And when you do, please don't hesitate to reach out. Artists and entrepreneurs are a very unique type. I mean, we face lots of rejection, almost too often for comfort. So whether you're a seasoned business owner or creator, aspiring to be one, or you're simply just here to hear a great story, I want to always give you something to ponder until next time. Today's word is from Anonymous. Don't judge yourself by your past. You don't live there anymore. It's so easy for us to be so hard on ourselves 
almost because we're living in our own skin. So we do sometimes, I know I do, sometimes forget how much growth has actually taken place, especially when you know people from your past and they expect you to be the same person you always were. And mostly it's because they feel more comfortable with the old you. But I would say, don't judge yourself based on who you used to be. Embrace who you're becoming. Embrace who you are, but of course embrace the path that you're on and the person that you're becoming. And if that means that you have to get new friends or you have to start surrounding yourself by people who support where you're going and not where you've been, well, you got to do what you got to do. But one thing's for sure, certainly do not judge yourself and condemn yourself based on things that you used to do or a person you used to be. You're new now. Embrace that. Embrace that.